0: Welcome back to Boilers and Beyond. I am your host, Jordan Jones. Now that the Big Ten season has gotten going finally, we are rolling right along now into Week 2, where the Boilermakers prepare to head west to take on the fighting Illini of Illinois. Today on the show, we are going to break down the entire matchup and make sure you have all you need to know as we get ready for the battle for the cannon. Last week, conference play got opened up Illinois played in the Big Ten season opener as a whole on Friday night up in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, it did not go well for the Fighting Illini. It was a 45 to 7 loss against the Badgers. Uh, just an ugly game overall. Wisconsin dominated the yardage battle, uh, winning that one 430 to 218. Wisconsin had the ball for over 43 minutes of the game, uh, one of the wilder splits of time of possession, maybe that I've ever seen in a Big Ten game. Uh, you know, Graham Mertz, the redshirt freshman for Wisconsin, absolutely torched the Illini defense, 20 uh, completions on 21 pass attempts for five touchdowns, but. You know, Illinois showed a little bit of fight in the run game at least, holding Wisconsin to 3.4 yards per carry. Um, On the other side, Illinois did run the ball all right at times, 5.2 yards per carry for the Illini, but, you know, the passing game was just miserable, Uh, 8 for 22 through the air, just 87 yards. Uh, Quarterback Brandon Peters really struggled in that one for Illinois. Uh, a bad performance to start Lovey Smith's fifth year. Um, they come off a six and six season where they lost in the bowl game to Cal. Uh, and it looked like the program was starting to head in the right direction. Questions about that after last week? On the flip side of this matchup, uh, if you haven't listened to the recap podcast yet, make sure you do that. Posted it on Monday morning. Recapping, Purdue's 24-20 come-from-behind win over Iowa. Aiden O'Connell with his third come-from-behind win in four starts at Purdue. He came in relief in the come-from-behind win against Nebraska. Followed that up with a come-from-behind win against Northwestern and did it again on Saturday against the Hawkeyes. He was solid in the game. I wouldn't say he was great, but a good start to the year for the redshirt junior former walk-on. Another former walk-on had a big game. Xander Horvath took all of the carries at running back for Purdue, managed 129 big-time yards. David Bell, the all-everything sophomore receiver, uh, 13 receptions, 121 yards, and three touchdown receptions. Purdue did benefit from some good fortune as Iowa outgained Purdue by 74 yards. Iowa kind of ran all over Purdue at times, 195 yards on the ground, averaged more than five yards a carry. Uh, Purdue did force some timely turnovers, though. You have to give Bob Diaco's new-look defense some credit there, forced three fumbles, recovered two of them, um, and really put Purdue in position to win that game late in the fourth quarter. David Bell earned co-Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week honors for his performance, and Athlon Sports, the popular magazine, named Brian Brom their coordinator of the week due to his efforts as interim head coach stepping in for his older brother and head coach, Jeff Brom. To get into our weekly report a little bit from Purdue's media availability thus far, uh, today, Wednesday, head coach Jeff Brom returned to practice after his 10-day isolation following a positive COVID-19 test. Uh, he watched the game from home last Saturday, and uh, all accounts were that that went fine. Um, looks like he enjoyed the game, clearly had some things he wants to work on, but uh, seems to be doing better with COVID. I am very happy to hear that. Um, also, special teams coordinator Marty Biagi missed the game on Saturday due to COVID as well. Uh, He returned to practice today, too, so the coaching staff should be a little bit more at full strength for the game against the Illini this weekend. In terms of the subject, all Purdue fans were wondering about Rondale Moore, the junior wide receiver who opted back into the season but missed the game on Saturday due to undisclosed reasons. Um, This week, during a press conference, Wide receivers coach Jamarcus Shepard was asked if Moore was practicing, and the response was, "He's out. Is he practicing? He's out." So that's you know that's what you need to know at this point. Um, Moore was in street clothes for the game against Iowa on Saturday. Uh, looked fine. We do know obviously if he's on the sideline, it is not COVID related. Uh, will we see him again? I think, is the question all Purdue fans want answered. I wish I had an answer to that. I don't like to be overly speculative. I think that's dangerous, and I don't think that's right in this situation, especially with a college athlete. But I think it's a very fair question. Uh, Rondale Moore's opted out once. If he's not playing this weekend against Illinois, I do have some questions there. He is not expected to play. It does sound like he... Will miss this weekend's game, and we'll just have to see where we go from here. Uh, if he comes back week three, week four, you know, those are possibilities, but at this point, I am not counting on Rondale Moore to take the field for Purdue this season. Another big impact player on offense, King Doru, the sophomore running back who led Purdue in rushing yardage as a true freshman. Uh, he missed last week's game as well. Uh, Due to a hamstring injury, he posted about that to his Snapchat story before the game. Uh, It does sound like it was a minor flare-up, according to Coach Jeff Brom. But, you know, Xander Horvath was uh, only running back to record a carry against Iowa. And King Doru um, will be the best option there behind him. We did see Tyreek Murphy, the true freshman running back, get arrested prior to Saturday's game. So that was why the running back room looked a little bit thin uh, for the game on Saturday. Tyler Coyle, the fifth-year graduate transfer uh, on defense, linebacker, and safety hybrid, will be out again this weekend. Sounds like he has more of a long-term injury he's dealing with. And then Cam Craig, the talented left guard, redshirt freshman, started at left guard for Purdue last week. Got hurt during the game Saturday in the second half. He is doubtful for the game on Saturday. The last time Purdue and Illinois met, it was a cold and rainy noon kickoff in Rossade Stadium. The final score Illinois 24, Purdue 6. Illinois dominated the game throughout, um, had 53 rushing attempts for 243 yards, 4.6 yards a carry. Only threw the ball seven times the entire game for 26 yards. But, you know, Purdue couldn't get anything going. Uh, Poor passing game, 15 of 33 for 136 yards. Uh, Jack Plummer was benched for Aiden O'Connell in the second half of that matchup. Purdue ran the ball a lot, but only averaged 3.1 yards a carry. And in my opinion, that may have been the ugliest loss of the Braum era. There have been some poor losses. There's been some good wins, certainly, as well. But I do think that was one of the worst ones just because of how poorly Purdue looked in that game. Lovie Smith is 1-3 against Purdue. Uh, in 2016, Daryl Hazel fueled a very odd overtime win in Champaign. 2017, Purdue dominated at home. In 2018, Purdue won a 46-7 blowout at Memorial Stadium. To break down the Illinois offense a little bit, we will dive right into that now. Quarterback Brandon Peters is in his second year as a starter. Uh, He had a 55% completion percentage a year ago with 18 touchdowns to go with 8 interceptions. He started his career at the University of Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. He was a former Indiana Mr. Football at Avon High School down in the Indianapolis suburbs. Look, he's a balanced passer. He has improved his mobile ability throughout his college career, but his main threat is a dropback passer. He did run well last week. He had seven carries for 75 yards, and that was certainly more impressive than his passing stat line of eight, eight completions on 19 attempts for just 87 yards. Wisconsin does have a very strong defense. They suffocated him and the receivers throughout the game. But I think it's going to be important for Illinois to develop that passing game more. We did see Isaiah Williams come in at quarterback some as a change of pace option for the Illini. Um, He was 0-3 for passing, but did carry the ball once for five yards. I think that's more his game. They did also bring Matt Robinson in to take direct snaps. Uh, Two rushes for five yards, no pass attempts for him. They're going to look to be a lot better at the quarterback position this week, and I think they will be, just because I'm not sure how much worse it's going to get than their performance last week. Running the ball, uh, Illinois lost their top two rushers from last season. Mike Epstein is their top choice at running back. He missed all of last season and has a very unfortunate career history of injuries. If you look through it, um, really glad to see him back on the field this year. Hopefully, he finishes his career strong and has a really nice senior year to wrap up his time in Champaign. Eight carries for 36 yards last week. Did have one catch for 22 yards, one of Illinois' biggest plays on the day. Look, he's not the most athletic back. Uh, He runs hard, he runs physically, he's a tough guy to take down, and that's going to be key for Purdue this week to make sure they wrap up and drive him all the way down. Chase Brown is their second best option at running back. He is a sophomore who transferred in from Western Michigan University. He is faster than Mike Epstein. He's going to be your faster option there. Uh, Only saw three carries for 12 yards last week. Caught a pass for a loss of two yards. I think so much of these limited rushing numbers and the limited passing numbers as well can be attributed to the fact that Illinois only had the ball for 16 minutes of the entire game. Uh, Wisconsin just thoroughly dominated that affair. Um, You know, they're a decent team, though. Chase Brown at running back two, he saw a ton of action uh, at Western Michigan as a freshman. 71 carries, 10 receptions. He returned some kicks. I expect to see both of them on Saturday and to see this run game really pick up, at least from where it was last week. At receiver, uh, their leading option is Josh Ematorbebe. He is their leading receiver from last year. He transferred from USC prior to the 2019 season. Uh, had a big year last year, nine touchdowns on 33 receptions. Pretty impressive touchdown percentage there. Uh, Some other names to watch for in the passing game. Brian Hightower uh, had a catch for 26 yards against Wisconsin. Donnie Navarro, uh, he's a slot receiver for the Illini. He was their number two option last year, and I expect to see more of him this week. Finally, Casey Washington is a 6'2 sophomore, limited in what he did last year, but I do think he's going to play a role. And if Illinois gets down again, I expect to see a lot of these guys so that they can air it out. At tight end for Illinois, you know, they have an interesting player in the case of Luke Ford, a very talented four-star recruit out of high school, uh, committed to the University of Georgia, played there as a freshman, but he decided to transfer back to Illinois to be closer to a sick family member. The NCAA denied his waiver for immediate eligibility in one of the worst rulings I can remember. The NCAA handing down, and there has been a lot of them, um, ruled ineligible for last year. Coming out this year, um, you know he's a big four-star recruit. He's six foot six. Didn't have any catches last week, but this is a dangerous player. Uh, top one hundred recruit in high school. It, he may have a breakout game this year, and it wouldn't surprise me if it happens any week now. Purdue will have to be good on him in coverage because of his size and ability to make plays. Daniel Barker was their starting tight end a year ago, Um, did some decent things, had four touchdown catches for him, and then the brother, uh, Daniel Bebe, is injured right now. Uh, Lovey Smith did not provide much of an update there, but You know, I expect to see him once he's healthy, another talented option for the Illini and what's a decent receiver and tight end group. Now, their offensive line is an interesting case study because they're fairly experienced. They have four starters back. Uh, They were up and down last year. We did see Peters get sacked quite a bit. The run game had its good games and had its bad games. But last week they looked horrible. Uh, Peters had to run quite a bit. The designed run game didn't really get going all that well, and they were punting a lot. So, how much better, really, are they with that extra year of experience for four of their starters? I think we'll find out this weekend. This weekend is going to say a lot about that group. Lovey really likes that group. Um, you know, had a lot of good offensive lines in his time in the NFL. But we'll see what he's able to do with this year's offensive line and really with this offense as a whole that got nothing going on last week against Wisconsin. On the other side of the ball, you know, Illinois was interesting because they handled Wisconsin's run game so well. And that's where Wisconsin strives. They are such a good running program, but only 3.4 yards a carry last week. Uh, really interesting. They got shredded through the air by Mertz. 20 for 21 through the air is absurd. You don't see numbers like that at all, especially from a guy making his first college start. Um, Wide open receivers all over the field. We saw a couple big receptions of 53 and 34 yards to name off and just a really sloppy performance. Up front for the Illini, they have to replace all four starters from last season. Uh, Redshirt freshman Keith Randolph was their leading tackler up front with four tackles last week. We saw some other names make appearances and make some tackles. Uh, Calvin Avery is a guy to watch at defensive tackle. Mark Mondesier on the outside had a couple tackles last week. Uh, Jamal Woods and Owen Carney are some other names to watch up there. But, you know, when you lose that much from an defensive line, you know, it's just so much to overcome. And I think it's a weak unit. I think if Purdue's offensive line continues to build on the promise they showed last week, this could be a really big day for Purdue's running game and for some pass protection for Aiden O'Connell. At linebacker, Illinois got a big question mark there right now. Their best linebacker, Uh, senior middle linebacker Jake Hanson, appeared to suffer a head injury last week. Not good. It was a scary sight. Uh, He got up from a play and couldn't stand up straight. Really scary stuff. Uh, He's been in the top three for tackling for Illinois the last two years. Him being able to go is going to be very important for them. That's a huge loss if he's not able to play. He was filled in for by Tariq Barnes, who was fantastic last weekend. Uh, Eleven tackles, one sack. He had the fumble return that was Illinois' only touchdown of the day. Lovey Smith, uh, in his press conference this week, said he feels very good if Illinois has to play him over Jake Hansen. Um, He's going to be all over the field for Illinois. I think regardless of whether Hansen's in or not, we're going to see Tariq Barnes get some good action in that front seven for Illinois. Kalen Tolson had six tackles for the Illini last week. Half a sack, had a tackle for loss. You know, we saw them get in the backfield a little bit. They did pressure Mertz some when they brought linebackers, but it wasn't enough. Um, Mertz just was able to get the ball out too quick for it to make an impact. Uh, Delano Ware is a smaller guy. Uh, I think he's a guy you put in to rush the passer, and try to create havoc. But he had four tackles last week, and you know they have senior Milo Eifler, who is an experienced option, started a lot of games for him last year. I think this is a group where you can see some strong play potentially happening. They just didn't necessarily put it together consistently enough last year or this. Uh, They really struggled against the run last year. Purdue was not able to capitalize in the rain-soaked game. But Hanson's ability to play this week is going to be the key to monitor as we get towards Saturday for the noon kickoff. In the defensive backfield, Illinois is led by senior corner Nate Hobbs, a really good player for them, multi-year starter. He's going to be the guy who draws David Bell, and that's going to be key for Purdue because that one-on-one matchup with Hobbs, will that be enough to stop Bell? Do you have to shadow a safety on him? You know, it's going to be interesting to see how Lovey Smith, as the defensive coordinator, wants to handle that situation. Uh, Hobbs had nine tackles, two of those for a loss last week. Um, in 2019, he led the team with 10 pass breakups. So Purdue will tread lightly when uh, targeting Hobbs, but if he's on Bell, expect Bell to get targets early and often regardless of who's on him. Starting alongside Hobbs will be senior Tony Adams. Uh, He's experienced, but he does have some pretty limited statistics. We haven't seen a ton of him. Um, Had six tackles last week, though. A solid day for him. Um, And finally, Marquise Beeson is going to be Illinois' third option at corner, who will come in and play nickelback for them. Redshirt freshman. The staff absolutely loves him. I thought there was some potential for him to start this year before fall camp began. He had a pair of tackles last week. I do expect him to be on the field a lot. Uh, Purdue goes three wide quite a bit, um, and at that point, they likely will bring the nickel back onto the field in Marquise Beeson. They're strong at safety. Uh, Sidney Brown was third team All Big Ten last year. He was the second leading tackler for the Illini and had three picks. Made his presence felt early last week. Eight solo tackles against Wisconsin. He will be joined playing center field by Derek Smith, a transfer from the University of Miami. He saw limited action in two years down in South Florida. Had five tackles last week as a nice first showing in Champaign. And, you know, this backfield is pretty solid on paper. They have good experience, over 90 career starts. They got torn apart last week. Mertz had his way with them. You know, Aiden O'Connell's got a big day here. He looks to cut down on interceptions after a two-interception performance, both of which I think you pin on him. So this is a a defensive backfield that O'Connell's going to have the ability to throw on, but you can't make too many mistakes or they'll make you pay for it. Illinois uh, has a decent special teams unit. Kicker James McCourt made the game winner last year versus Wisconsin when they completed the 24-23 upset that shook all of college football in one of the biggest upsets in Big Ten history. He was 13-19 of 19 kicking last year. Not great, not bad. Um, did connect from 57 yards on one occasion. He is joined in the kicking game by senior punter Blake Hayes. He saw a lot of action last week, five punts, 43 yards per punt, a respectable number. And he's a good option back there. He'll he'll pin Purdue deep and be effective for Illinois. Chase Brown, the faster running back option, and Kamari Johnson, return kicks for them. Uh, they're both fast players. Neither really got much going on kickoff returns against Wisconsin on Friday, but you know, we'll see what they're able to do tonight. Or on Saturday, Purdue has not necessarily been great in the kick coverage game over the years. Especially last year, we saw them give up a lot of big plays. And freshman James Frenchy fielded the only Wisconsin punt of the game last week. Time for the keys to the game. What is Purdue going to need to do to win this one? Number one, they're going to need to start fast. Purdue led 7-0 after the first quarter last week, but Iowa took the lead into the locker room. Purdue wants to avoid that this week. The offense was not consistently moving the ball in the first half. Four punts, two touchdowns, and a pick. Three of those drives went three and out. You're going to want to get the ball moving a little bit better. Um, We saw in Illinois' matchup, Wisconsin was up big, 28-7 at half. Illinois showed very little fight in that second half. Um, A few big offensive plays, but they couldn't string anything together. After a 45-7 loss, Illinois is going to want to get off to a good start. Purdue has to come out and pop them in the mouth early, make them play from behind again, and make them show that they're not going to quit when the going gets tough. Purdue wants to win the turnover battle. It was a push last week. Each team had two giveaways. Two interceptions from Purdue, two fumbles by Iowa. You know, Illinois, as I mentioned, they have an experienced secondary. They're going to be capable of making plays if O'Connell makes mistakes. Lovey Smith is a defensive guy focused on creating turnovers. He was so good at that in Chicago when he was the Bears' head coach. His defenses were very strong. For Illinois, they threw an interception and fumbled last week. Um, you know, Purdue needs to make Peters uncomfortable. You're looking at the pass rush needing to show up this week, a little bit better than they did last week. Keep attacking the ball though. Purdue's linebackers and defensive backs were fantastic in pursuit of the ball last week. They've already made such an improvement off last year. They'll look to keep that going on Saturday. And finally, the third main point, Purdue needs to limit the big plays. That was a much improved area for Purdue against Iowa. They gave up so many big plays last year. And, you know, Illinois did have some big plays. Uh, Brandon Peters' scrambles were really the most notable there. The linebackers have to be quick to attack when Peters tucks the ball to scramble. And getting more pressure, again, is going to help in this situation. George Karlaftis, Lorenzo Neal... Jalen Graham rushed the passer a good amount from the outside linebacker spot. So those are the keys to the game. Now it's time to make a prediction. Last week, we were actually spot on with the margin of victory for the Boilers, though I was 20 points off from the final total. Um, Look, last week I really liked what I saw from the Boilers. There's room for improvement, absolutely. Absolutely. They were still solid, though. And that's a great foundational point to build on as we get into week two. I expect to see more of Ahmad Anderson in the passing game. Um, Didn't see a ton of targets last week with just two. I expect to see him more involved early and often. Illinois is going to look better. They're going to be improved. They have an extra day of prep than Purdue does after a Friday night game. Can they consistently finish drives with points? They're going to have some runs. They may have some big passes in there to uh, Imad or Bebe. But are they going to be able to put points up consistently? I'm going to go with Purdue 31, Illinois 20. Purdue covers the seven-point spread and moves to 2-0 and on the season. Across the league, to wrap us up here, Wisconsin-Nebraska is the story of the week in college football. That game is canceled. There are 12 positive COVID cases within the Wisconsin program, six players and six coaches, including Graham Mertz, the breakout star and co Big Ten offensive player of the week from a week ago. His backup quarterback, Chase Wolfe, is sick as well with COVID-19 and head coach Paul Crist becomes the second Big Ten head coach to contract the virus. Illinois or Wisconsin canceled football activities for the next seven days. The game will be deemed a no contest rather than a forfeit. And that really puts next weekend's matchup between the Boilers and Wisconsin in jeopardy. We will keep you updated on that. Make sure to follow on Twitter at BoilersBeyond for more updates related to the potential of that game being canceled. Uh, Friday night, the league's weekend gets going with Minnesota at Maryland, a 7:30 kick on the Big Ten Network. You know, Minnesota's coming off a disappointing showing. They gave up 49 points on the primetime game of the weekend to Michigan. Um, the defense was awful, and the offense wasn't quite as explosive as they hoped with Tanner Morgan returning at quarterback. On the other side, Maryland looked horrible. Uh, Alabama transfer and brother of the Miami Dolphins starter, Talia Tagovailoa, really struggled. um, Less than 100 yards passing, threw three interceptions for the Terps, and they allowed 43 points to a Northwestern offense that was historically bad last year. Uh, Loxley needs to start showing some promise in College Park. Minnesota is 19.5-point road favorites In this one, noon Saturday on Fox, Michigan State heads to Ann Arbor to take on the Wolverines. Michigan State is in a bad spot after seven turnovers plagued them in a loss to Rutgers. They put up some nice yardage. Rocky Lombardi wasn't awful. Uh, Five of their seven turnovers came via fumble. And Mel Tucker really needs to have a good showing here. To improve the morale of the Michigan State fan base. On the flip side, Michigan looked great. Um, again, as I mentioned with Minnesota, 49 to 24 final. The run game was excellent. They ran it all over the Gophers, and Joe Milton looked really comfortable at quarterback. All of that adds up to Michigan being favored at home by 24 and a half. At 3:30. We have a matchup of the two hottest teams in the Big Ten after last week. Indiana heading to Piscataway to take on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Look, last week was the biggest win in modern IU football history. Tom Allen, as we've been saying on the show all summer long, is really doing nice things in Bloomington. Um, It was slightly a misleading game. Penn State dominated the yardage battle, had some costly turnovers, Missed three field goals, including a 25-yarder that went off an upright. But, you know, it's a huge win for Indiana. They've got a lot of momentum. Unfortunately, so does Rutgers. Uh, first win in their last 22 Big Ten games. They forced a lot of turnovers. Their offense was serviceable. And, you know, Greg Schiano has the Scarlet Knights believing finally. Something they haven't had in so long. The Hoosiers head to Piscataway as 10.5-point favorites. Northwestern uh, heads to Iowa at the same 3.30 start time, this time on ESPN. Northwestern uh, looked dominant last week. They dominated Maryland early and often. Peyton Ramsey is a huge improvement for them at quarterback, the Indiana graduate transfer. And the defense finally looked like a Pat Fitzgerald defense. On the other side, Iowa looks to bounce back. Petrus looked decent at quarterback. I didn't think he was great. Um, They won the yardage battle against Purdue. There's reason for optimism there. They want to run the ball more. They had some success against Purdue, but kind of abandoned it a little bit too quick. Look, if they start 0-2, that's a really concerning start after what was a brutal offseason in Iowa City. The Hawkeyes are favored by 2.5 at home in a game that should be a pretty solid matchup. Finally, The Big Ten slate ends with the nightcap. Ohio State at Penn State. 7.30 kick on ABC in primetime. And this is going to look a lot different. Penn State, a huge game at home. No whiteout because there are no fans in the stands. Um, Last week, Ohio State smoked Nebraska. Justin Fields got his Heisman campaign going strong with a good performance. The receivers were fantastic. Um, The defense gave up an early touchdown run to Adrian Martinez, buckled down after that, and had a pretty solid showing, holding the Huskers to 17. Meanwhile, Penn State, brutal loss to the Hoosiers, really had that game won and threw it away on multiple occasions. Franklin's starting to get some criticism at head coach. Um, They're not happy with James Franklin's performance. Quarterback Sean Clifford looks to have a stronger performance than he did week one. Look, Penn State's played Ohio State well under Franklin. We will see if that continues this week where the Buckeyes are 11.5-point favorites. That's all I have here today to preview Purdue's matchup against the Fighting Illini. Thank you so much for joining me here. Remember, we're on Root Share every week as well as available wherever you get your podcasts. Give the show a follow on Twitter at BoilersBeyond so you don't miss out on instant analysis of Purdue Athletics. We'll be back next week to recap Purdue, Illinois. Until then, enjoy the game.